Praise God. So after that little demonstration, and you have your spirit and Holy Spirit talking to you, and God is talking about yielding to his voice, how do we yield to God's voice? What do we do when God starts giving us direction for our lives? And the first question you have to ask yourself is, um, do you really believe that God can talk to you? Okay, do you really believe that? Amen. You have to stop and ask yourself, you know, because I know there was someone that was a famous person that was being mocked not too long ago because he said that Jesus talked to him. And on the news, they were just making fun of him and so on like that. You know, oh, that's a sign of insanity and so on. But do you believe that God really talks to you? Because God really does talk to us. But the problem is that many times we don't hear. We don't hear his voice because we are preoccupied with doing other things. We have to be so careful to whom we are listening, however. So much deception in the world. There's so much deception out there outside of the church. And there's also deception right within the church. There are out and out lies that are being told. We need to see and watch out for fables and false prophets. Let's go to Second Peter. We have to be so careful to whom we are listening. Okay? We have to ask ourselves constantly, who's that talking? Thank you, Jesus. Second uh, Peter. And we're going to go to Second Peter 2. And we're just going to look at verses 1 and 2. Second Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. But there were false prophets also among the people. The false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Please underline that, please. Even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. Underline that, too. Who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. In other words, things that are, are, are counter to the word of God, counter to God himself. Even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken. Okay? So you see here is saying that he says that, first of all, uh, uh, there are false prophets among them. And he says, also, there shall be false teachers among you. So we have to always ask ourselves, to whom am I listening? Who's doing the talking, the voice that you're hearing? Who is doing the talking? Is this God or is this some false voice that I'm hearing? And it says also in Matthew 24, go to Matthew 24, that the very elect may be deceived. Okay? Matthew 24. Okay? And verse 24 says, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. If it were possible, they shall receive the very elect. All right? So false prophets showing forth many signs and, and, and wonders, but yet still uh, can deceive, deceive the very elect. So the very elect, you know, that's why we have to be so careful in who we think we are and how we perceive ourselves and perceive ourselves in God. 
you start thinking that you're so um, uh, well informed and you know the word so well and so forth like that. But the very, very people that we would think are so uh, are so um, strong in the Lord, it says here that even they can wind up being deceived because these false prophets will show forth signs and wonders. Right? So you've got to be careful who you're listening to and who, who's doing the talking and ask yourself who is talking to me. Because if, if, a, if a person has a gifted enough speaking style, you know, um, that they can speak such, a, uh, speak such a good show, so to speak, that you actually start believing that what they're saying could indeed be true and you start following what they're saying to do. And they're saying that this can happen even to the very elect. So this isn't for the people that are necessarily uninformed. It's for people, this is a warning to all of us who are, who are, are, are relatively well informed, that even you can be deceived. So never think that you are above the possibility of being deceived. God gives us direction and then others tell us what to do. God gives us direction and then others wind up telling us what to do. Those others can be friends, they can be family, they can be people that are envious of you. That's why you have to be so careful about what it is that you're sharing with, with, with people, especially when you're blessed with something. You need, need to really kind of think about who you're sharing it with because sometimes people are simply jealous of you. And then the, the advice that they give back to you will not be, be advice that is, that is good for you, you know. And then you, then you hear those things and then all of a sudden, then the other thing is that the self starts telling us what to do. Your own self, your own thoughts start telling you what to do. And then you start wondering, well, who's that talking? Who's that talking? How do you know who's talking and to how do you know who you should be listening to? Because you get there are so many voices that are out there. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit, as was illustrated by the little demonstration that we did. And what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? You know, and we went through that. Walking in the Spirit is actually always putting yourself in a position that you are guided by Holy Spirit that is in you. And if you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, then that means that you've been totally immersed in his spirit. So that means that you should not be, be listening to all sorts of thoughts and, also, and all sorts of words that may enter into your mind from other places. Because the self talks to us also, and we'll see a little more about that. Let's go to, to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. There are so many, so many voices out there. Okay, there's so many voices. Who's that talking? Who's that talking? And you'll find that to be particularly interesting when you're praying about something and you're looking for an answer. And then you start hearing the little voice, the little quiet voice inside that's telling you what to do, what steps you should be taking. You need to check that voice. You need to find out who is that talking? Is that me talking? Is that God talking? Is it the devil talking? You see, because we all hear three voices. At one time or another. God forbid we hear all three voices at the same time. Then you really got a problem. Amen. Amen. But we all hear three voices. The voice of God, the voice of the devil, and the voice of self. And the voice of self in many times will oftentimes sound like God. Because you speaking and telling yourself what to do. Unless you've got some sort of a psychological problem. You're not going to be telling yourself to do anything that's harmful to yourself. All right. So it'll be something that's a good thing, you know, so but you need to need to 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 figure out who's doing the talking. One John chapter two and starting with verse number 15. Two verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, and the world is loving the world system or being involved of things that are outside of God. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Now, an example of that could be a little bit what, like we were talking about before. I mean, you know, you've got your friends and everybody's together, you know, on, on a Sunday and everybody's planning to go to the coast to have this big party and to have a good wild time and everything like that. And you pull away from doing what God is calling you to do simply because you want to remain popular and you want to go with them. You want to be involved in the activities. You don't want them talking badly of you. So that's the love of the world that's going along with people, especially if they're unsaved, going along and doing things other than what God would have you to do because you are so in love with the world. Okay, you're so in love that you wind up not doing the right things that God would want you to do because you want to please them. That's love of the world. It says, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. The world passes away. In other words, this will pass away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. 18. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. In other words, they went doctrinally away from us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Okay, in other words, if you, if you are a child of God, you shouldn't be and can't be just drawn away from God and pick up a whole new doctrine. Start believing a whole new thing that's outside of the word of God. Okay, you just can't be drawn away like that, because what he's saying here is that. But if they if they were drawn away, then that means that they weren't with us in the first place. Okay, so that gets to the commitment with God. Okay, once you get committed to God, if you really are serious about wanting to benefit from the Lord and be blessed and to do his work so that you can do his will so that you can rise to your fullness. You see, you see where you are right now, you, you, you are just scratching the surface. You're just scratching the surface. God has such wonderful, outrageous, wonderful plans for you in your life that we have no way of understanding and even knowing that. But we will never come to realize the fullness of God unless we really, really commit ourselves to God. So what he's saying is that they started out with us. They claimed they were a part of us. They came to church every Sunday. They were here. They were doing this and doing that. Then all of a sudden, their doctrine or what they started preaching and what they started saying they believed in and how they started living their lives, all of a sudden that changed. Or that changed. And they said, like, well, we don't have time to bother with you. And so they left. So what this is saying is that if you're really committed to God, then that's not going to happen. You're not going to be leaving. So the question is, if somebody does that, then were they there from the beginning? Okay. And what the apostle here is saying, what John is saying here is is that uh, it says uh, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued. Okay. But they went out. They might that they might be manifest that they were not all of us. So therefore, that was showing that they were not really committed in the first place. Twenty. But you have an unction from the Holy One. 
and you know all things. It's the Holy Spirit. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written unto you uh, because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that, that Jesus is the Christ? Okay, who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ? And, and Christ simply means the anointed one. Amen. That Jesus is the anointed one. He is Antichrist that believeth the Father and the Son. That believeth, uh, I'm sorry, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denies the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you. Uh, let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. These things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, uh, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So verse 27 there again, the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is the one that's in you. The Holy Spirit is doing, is doing the teaching. Amen. I can stand up here all day and read the scriptures to you and preach to you and everything. But the Holy Spirit, if, if, if the words that I am speaking are, are God's words and Holy Spirit is in you, then that, those words are going to, are going to resonate. And they're going to make sense to you. And the Holy Spirit will start doing the teaching. You see, so this is where you have to decide, you know, who's doing the talking here. Is what I'm hearing, is this Holy Spirit talk, is this, is this God that's doing the talking? Or is this something that is, some, that is something else? Because of the fact that there are, there are so many false prophets out there, not my words, the word of God, we have to be able to discern what it is that we're hearing. And if you're listening to Holy Spirit and he's doing the teaching to you, then when you start hearing the voice or hearing the words of a false prophet or something that is not in line with the word of God, Holy Spirit will tell you, will tell you that this is not me talking. And he will let you clearly see that the person or the voice that you're hearing is not of God. So then, then therefore, you can make a decision whether you want to shut it down, whether you're going to obey it or, or whatever. Um, I remember someone told someone whose father was, was, was ill that it was a prophecy that you, your, your father's going to be healed and he's going to live. Took it hook, line, and sinker and ran with it. The father died. Okay? father passed. So as a result of that, this person dropped away and fell away from church, fell away from God and so on like that, and just totally turned away. Now, you could go back to that other scripture that said, if, if, you are, if you are with us in the first place, then you wouldn't leave us. Then I guess one could consider then how committed was this person in the first place to even be upset by, I mean, upset is not the right word, but to be so turned off against God that they would just leave church altogether. You see, you see, but those voices are indeed out there. 
So you want to make sure that the voice that you're hearing, the voice that is talking to you, is not the wrong voice. Because if you wind up following the wrong voice, you can wind up getting into, into a whole lot of trouble. Amen? Amen. So we need to always uh, 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 take care. It, go, it continues here. If we go to down to, um, let me see. We have enough in us already to know what to do. We should always be asking, who's that talking? Go to 1 John 4. Same book, 1 John 4. One John four verse number one. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now already is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Please underline that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby now, hereby know we the spirit is, is of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? All right? So let's just unpack what was said there. Verse number one, try the spirits whether they are of God. The voices that you're hearing, like I said, we all hear three voices. Okay, God, the devil, and self. Okay, the voice that you're hearing, the spirits that you're hearing, are they of God? You have to try it. Just don't take everything that you're hearing hook, line, hook, line, and sinker, because many false prophets are going out in the world. Okay, and then it says in verse number two, hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ is come in the flesh of God. So what you're hearing from someone, you know, can that person, if that person is doing the talking to you, can they actually confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? You know, if someone is giving you some kind of advice and you want to make sure that that's godly advice, a starting point could be, well, you, by you asking them, you know, by the way, what do you feel about Jesus Christ? Is Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior? Is he the Son of God? Well, 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 I mean, that's a matter of opinion, and, and they start giving you some nonsense like that, then I think that's the last person you want to be taking advice from. Okay, you see, but just because you know someone or someone is a family member, perhaps, and they're talking like that, that doesn't mean you want to swallow what they're saying, hook, line and sinker. Verse number four says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got to know and believe that Holy Spirit is in you. And he is much greater than anything that you could be hearing in the world. You've got to really get your head wrapped around that. And he's greater than that. All right. Number five, they are of the world. So therefore, if they're speaking to you, therefore speak they of the world and the world hears them. So people that talk things that are not of God, they're talking to the world. The world, the world will go along with that and will agree with what they're saying. But you as a child of God should not be listening to and going along what someone of the world is saying because they're not going to be speaking to you of God. Verse six, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God, he is not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Um, 
You can spot a spirit of error when they start getting on this high horse and start speaking and confessing and talking about the things of God and they're totally wrong. They start spouting off as though they're as though they 100 percent know what they're talking about, but it is totally out of line with the word of God. It's the spirit of error. That spirit of error often operates along with a religious spirit because the person will try to appear that they're so religious and so into the Lord and into church and so on like that. But when they start actually speaking, though, what they're saying is wrong. It's not in line with the, with the word of God. But the only way you would know that is through the Holy Spirit that is abiding in you. This is why God is saying that you need to make a commitment to me and to really start hearing my voice because I can guide you and tell you when you're hearing error and when you're hearing truth. You see, but if we're not careful, we get caught up in that. So who is that that's doing the talking to me? Is it the devil or is it evil speaking or is it indeed the Holy Spirit speaking to me or is it evil? Go to James 3. I'm moving along kind of fast here because there's a lot of scripture that I I, I want to cover here. But... James 3. James 3. But if you have verse 14, James 3, verse 14. Matter of fact, start with 13, verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom, this wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Okay? So in other words, what it's saying there, bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. And then in verse number 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every single work. Now, um, people are so interested in giving you information and giving you advice. What is happening in their lives? What's going on around them? If you're seeing that there's a lot of confusion and strife going on and someone is trying to give you advice, think about how their life is. Because wherever there's, wherever there's this kind of envy and strife going on, there's confusion. God is not the author of confusion. I remember going on a, going on a trip once with, with, once with some people and boy, oh boy, oh boy, couldn't make up our minds whether to go to point A or to point B. And I mean, it was just bickering and strife all over the place and whatnot and total confusion. And I felt in my spirit such an unsettled feeling. I swore I would never go on with vacation with them again. And I haven't ever since then. Because God is not the author of confusion. Whenever I've been on vacation with people that are like-minded and are people, children of God, there's such a peace. You know, you wind up making decisions on where to go and see you compromise or whatever. Well, we can't do that today. We'll do that tomorrow. But there's a compromise taking place. There are some people that I know you can almost sense and feel the confusion around them. Whenever you're in a room with people like that, you can sense that there's like an unsettled feeling. All right. But many times these people are exactly the ones. These are the voices who want to give you advice all the time. 
They're the ones that want to tell you what to do. They're the ones that want to pull you aside. You can have a perfectly pleasant day planned and spending time with God, you know, and doing some other nice things. And all of a sudden, at the last minute, this person will call up and let's go do so and so. Let's go do so and so. And then once you connect with them, then all of a sudden you can feel that there's, um, I don't know, if I, it's hard to, to describe it, but there's an unsettled feeling in your spirit because you're not at ease. You're just not at ease. And some people kind of walk with that confusion that is around them. They kind of walk with that. They can walk into a room and you can just feel it come in. I don't know if you felt that or not, whether you, you, you have to learn to be sensitive in your spirit to people that are around you. Because those people that are around you that are full of strife and is bickering and is envying and stuff that's going on, if you're really walking in your spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, you will feel the unsettledness of that person that is there. So therefore, they're the last person that you want to be trying to give you advice. Who is that that's doing the talking? Okay, okay. And many times they are the ones that like to give advice because why? What's that, what's that expression or uh, misery loves company? All right. And people that sow confusion or are walking in confusion and strife, they many times want others to be just as confused and just as filled with strife as they are. If you have a peaceful spirit and you are feeling quiet and at ease, that kind of person does not have pleasure in being around you because you are experiencing joy and they're not. So I'm just saying to you that you just need to be a little more discriminating. Now, this doesn't mean for you all of a sudden to start being nasty to people. This doesn't mean that you are um, uh, all of a sudden there's a family member or a loved one, a friend that's close to you and all of a sudden like that, that you need to start getting nasty with you. What I'm saying to you is that in this time that we are in, you've got to start making some serious decisions. Am I going to live my life for God and not be worried about others? that want to pull me aside, get me, get me off the track that I'm on? Do I really want to get committed to God? Or just for the sake of being, I almost want to say, not that we should not be nice, but just for the sake of going along with the program, give in to what they're bringing about and what they're saying and what they're trying to advise me to do. You have to decide. If Holy Spirit is telling me and I'm feeling it in my spirit that I'm uncomfortable being around this person, I'm uncomfortable hearing what this person is saying to me, then you need to reject it. Need to reject it. Why didn't you do so and so? Why didn't you say so and so? They may say to you. You say, because in my spirit I didn't feel comfortable in doing that. Many times we as Christians, are, we hesitate to even say that because we think it makes us look cuckoo. You know, like, like uh, gee whiz, I didn't do it because in my spirit I didn't feel comfortable. Well, that's the God honest truth because the Holy Spirit may be telling you, don't swallow that. Don't do what that person is saying. Who am I talking to? OK, you've got to be able to look through, look, look past the, 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 the surface of what of what or who is standing in front of you and understand who it is that's doing the talking to you. OK, because that individual may be driven by some other demonic entity for that matter. And so you certainly don't want to be taking advice from that from that particular person. OK, whenever that is going around, there's a feeling of discomfort or fear. Go to Romans, Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. 8 and just 15, verse 15. Uh, 14, 14. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So when someone is speaking to you or there's something that's being relayed to you, if all of a sudden you start feeling a sense of discomfort or a sense of fear, you know that is not of God. You know that the advice that you're getting or what is being said to you or what is being suggested to you, you know that that not is God because God, is, you know, God does not give us the spirit of fear. Amen. So if what you're hearing is making you feel uncomfortable, that is one way to start weighing. Well, who is this that's giving me that advice? Who is this that is telling me what to do? What is that voice? What is the source of that voice? Because if what you're hearing is making you feel anxious, if what you're hearing is making you feel fearful, then that is indeed not of God. It goes, it goes on to say in verse 16, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So, so um, if so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So in terms of listening to voices, if what you're hearing is making you feel uncomfortable, making you actually feel fearful, then that means that that is someone that you need to stop listening to and maybe even someone that you need to get away from. All right. And, and I think we've all been there at one time or another where someone has given you some advice or someone has said something to you or this is what I would do if I were you. I would do so and so and so and so. And in your spirit, you feel very uncomfortable about it, even feel anxious about it. The point I'm making is that's not of God. That's not of God. How do we determine what we're hearing, whether or not it's from God? If you're praying for a decision for something, you've got something really important in your life to do. There's some direction that you need, okay? You need to be very, very, very very discerning about who you're listening to and what voice it is, okay? Because the voices will indeed, will indeed come out, okay? If the voice is negating God's word, okay, and we won't, we don't have to go there right now, but Genesis 3, chapter 4 in the garden, okay, God told Adam and Eve, or told Adam and Eve that you shall not eat of this tree because you shall die, okay? And what did the devil come along and do? Right. Will you surely die? Will you surely die? Planning that doubt. God just doesn't want you to be like him. All right. So that's now they heard God say that. So if the voice that you're hearing or the advice that you're getting is contrary to the word of God, you know what the word of God says. Then you know that's not God giving you that kind of advice because God is not going to tell you to do something that's counter to his to his word. Amen. So you're praying for something. You're looking for advice. Lord, should I choose this house? Should I choose this job? Should I go with this person? Should I do this? Shall I go here? Shall I go there? And what you're hearing is telling you something that is contrary to the word of God. Then you know that voice is not of God. So do you want to listen to it? Heck no. So you need to ask yourself, who is doing the talking? Who is doing the talking? I got to go to church. I got to church. I got to go to church. Oh, didn't you go last week? Didn't you go last month? You don't need to go to church. God understands. What does the word say? Forsake not the gathering, gathering together of yourselves. Okay, now I'm not saying, I mean, we all get sick and for whatever reason, we have legitimate reasons for not, for not being in church. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, though, that when someone comes to you and tries to purport to you that it's not important for you to go to church, it's not important. Why don't you just go on and say it's not important for you to pray? It's not important for you to talk to God. 
That's not in line with God's word. So why do you think God is saying, why do you think God is telling you that and saying that it's okay? You see, but so many times we start even thinking to ourselves, oh, well, God understands if I do this. God understands. Well, that's another voice coming into you that is not, not in accordance with the word of God. Amen? Amen? So you have to see it. That for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, so they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have the spirit of adoption, whereby we, we cry, Abba, Father. So you have the spirit of adoption. In other words, you've been adopted into the family of God. Can you understand that? You've been adopted into the family of God. You are one of his children. So no voice that you're hearing, no one telling you something to do should be counted to that. No one. Amen. So we have to, to find out and ask ourselves who's doing the talking. Okay. In, 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 uh, in one Samuel, let's go to one Samuel. We'll go to this one. One Samuel. One Samuel 17. One Samuel chapter 17. Okay. And this is where um, this is where David is about to fight Goliath. And it's a good illustration. Who do you listen to? Who's doing the talking? One Samuel verse uh, chapter seventeen. And we're going to go to verse twenty six. Okay. And David spoke to the men. David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul. And he sent for him. In other words, David had volunteered, you may recall, to go out to fight Goliath. Okay. And, and the brother there is saying, what are you doing here? Why aren't you out tending the sheep, basically? All right. 31. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. This is what David is volunteering to do. Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. So underline there, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. Okay, for your but a youth. So here he is telling him, you're not good enough to do this. You're not experienced enough to do this, okay? Here there is something in your life that you really want to do, something that you want to strive to do, and someone all of a sudden comes out and starts telling you that you're not going to be able to succeed at that. You're not good enough to do that. So whose voice are you listening to? 
Right away, there comes that negative voice telling you, you're not qualified. You won't be able to. You don't have this. You don't have that. You know, you're too young in this case. Thou art but a youth. Okay, you won't be able to fight against this man. You won't be able to overcome your circumstance. Many times there's something that we're trying to overcome in our lives and people come along and tell us that we just can't do it. We're unfit. We're unable. We're too young. We're too this. We're too that. Verse 34. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it, delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine uh, will be as one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Okay? So now, you can put a bracket around those scriptures there. Okay? And what he's talking about there is past experience. If you have room in your margin, write in past experience. Put a, you know, a bracket around the 33 through 36. They're talking about past experience. So in other words, you know, they have things, there have been things in all of our lives that we've tried to do that we prayed about doing, and there were challenges in, in, in getting those things done. However, God brought us through. God brought us through. And even though things were, were, were not in your favor for you to being, being able to accomplish those things, God brought you through that particular thing, and so you should not forget that. Many times we have trials and tribulations that come across us right now, let's say today, or maybe tomorrow there's something that comes up in your life, and all of a sudden that voice, you know, or you start entertaining it in your mind, like we were talking about earlier, and not letting your spirit deal with it, but your mind starts dealing with it, and these feelings of fear come in, these feelings of doubt and insecurity start coming in, that, gee, was, I'm not going to be able to accomplish this, I'm not going to be able to do that, the voice will surely come into your mind saying, you're not qualified, you're too young for this, you're too big, you're too short, you're too this, you're too that. You're not going to be able to do that. You're going to fail. How, how are you? How are you going to be qualified to do that? The same way David thought back here to how he was delivered from that lion and that bear, you need to think back to how God delivered you out of something. You need to also think back how it was in the past that God did something for you that you thought was almost, not, almost impossible to accomplish. You see? So David right away told, told the king that this is what happened. And he says, in the same way, I'll be able to, to, uh, to overcome this uncircumcised Philistine. Okay? So when you stop and go back to the time that God brought you through something, there was something you were praying for, and God delivered you, answered your prayer. You remember that. Because when the time comes where there's something else that you're praying for that seems to be impossible, that seems to be a Goliath of a situation, remember how God brought you through before. In the same way God brought you through before, he'll, brought you, he'll bring you through it again. Okay? But the voice that you might hear, coming from someone, coming from some place, will be the voice of failure. Okay? Who do you listen to? Who's doing the talking? Verse 37 goes on to say, goes on to say, uh, um, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. Okay. So again, though, you see, again, it's speaking, it's speaking to the point of uh, the voices that you hear can bring about discouragement or try to bring about discouragement. When self speaks, we can be led astray because we want something so badly. Let's go back to James. James 
James uh, 1. Let's see. Okay, James 1, and we'll just start with uh, verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. First of all, counting it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. It's hard to be joyful when something challenging is going on in your life. Okay? But when that challenging thing goes on in your life, when something all of a sudden pops up, one of the things that I always do is stop and I say, oh boy, here goes this thing again, or here this thing is. But looking at past experience with God, He always brought it, brought, He always brought it, brought me out of any situation. So therefore, I'm going to be joyful because you know what? God must have something good in plan, good in mind for me. God must have good something good in mind, okay? It's like going to one of your favorite restaurants and you've got a favorite food that's in mind and you're thinking about getting there and you're salivating over that plate. You're thinking about how the food's going to look and everything and just enjoying it, all right? Okay, so at the time that this challenge comes before you, it may not feel too comfortable, but count it as joy because don't forget, you are a child of God. And it's kind of like sitting back and you're saying, okay, Lord, you got me through that other one. You delivered me through. Let me just sit and watch how you're going to get me out of this mess also. Let me see how you're going to bring. And you count it as joy because you know that God is not going to let you fail. And you're not going to entertain those voices that come to you telling you otherwise because those voices will be there. They will be there. The devil does not want to see you succeed. The devil does not want to see you, you prospering. The devil does not want to see you happy and have joy in the Lord. So he will send every run, everyone to you and John's brother to give you a word, to whisper in your ear, to tell you words of defeat, to tell you words that you're not going to succeed. Amen. Words of discouragement. OK. All right. Count it all joy. Verse three. Uh, verse verse two. Uh, <clears throat> when you fall into various temptations. Verse three. Knowing this, that the that the trying of your faith works patience. Underline that, please. Knowing this, the trying of your faith works patience. Many times it feels like your faith is indeed being tried when you're waiting for something to come through and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Trying your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. Underline, let, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Underline that, please. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So we cannot have faith that wavers because the wavering is going back and forth, back and forth. You wake up on a Sunday morning and you're all excited about church or whatever and you've got faith. Come Monday morning, the same thing is going on. That The prayer hasn't been answered yet. Then all of a sudden you start losing faith. You can't be bouncing back and forth. You've got to maintain that faith because otherwise you're like the wind. You're like the sea being driven by the wind. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. 
All right. So a man that is vacillating back and forth, um, back and forth there is uh, is unstable in all his ways, you see. And this is where self can come in, because self can come in and start making excuses to you why you should be doing something or why you shouldn't. And therefore, you start vacillating, you start going back and forth between between faith and, and the lack of faith or very, very, very weak faith. Amen. It's wanting two things at the same time. That brings forth instability. When God is speaking, when God speaks to us, there is an inward knowing and there is a sense of peace. What you hear is in agreement with God's word because God will never violate his word just for someone's convenience. So when you're hearing something from God, it will be something that is in line with his word. Something he'll be telling you to do is in line with scripture. It may be reading a particular verse. It may be just having a peace. It may, may, maybe it's just knowing that you have to just simply trust me. And God says to trust me. The word, the scriptures are um, Hebrews 11, 1 may come to you. Now faith is the substance. Now faith. Amen. So remember that right now, whatever is going on, I've got to just have faith in God. And you, you've got to be now. Is that God telling me that? Then, yes, that would be God telling you that because, you know, the, the devil isn't going to give you that word. Okay. All right. The devil's not going to give you that word for sure. So when God is speaking to you, there's a sense of peace. God will always confirm his words to you, especially in guidance for action. And that's one of the things that we need to really start looking for and learning how to do is to look to God for actions. You know, if God is saying that we need to listen to him and if God is saying we need to hear his voice, then we've got to ask God. Lord, how do I do that? How do I do that? It comes along with a spirit of discernment. We'll be talking about more in that in Bible study as we go forward. It comes along with a spirit of discernment, being able to, to discern where those spirits and where those voices are coming from. But if you're really serious about committing to God, you need to really want to learn to know his voice. John 10 tells us some, some, um, some things about that. Go to John 10. In closing here, <clears throat> a couple of more scriptures. John 10. John 10. Verse 24. Okay. Then came the Jews around, then, then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed me not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe me not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice. Underline, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Underline that too, please. And I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Okay? And the Jews really received that, right? They received it so much they took up stones again to stone him. (laughs) 
Okay, so he really is verse 31 there, all right? But the real words I want to focus on here is that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, okay? So if you're a child of God, then you are indeed able to know Jesus' voice. You, you should be able to, to discern Jesus' voice from someone else and therefore follow him. In John 16, you go to John 16 here. John 16, verse number 13. Verse 12, go to verse 12, as a matter of fact. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them right now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. Underline, he shall show you things to come. He shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and I shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take, take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me again. A little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. Okay? So here he's saying there that you have the spirit of truth. When he, the spirit of truth, has come upon you, he will guide you into all truth. So if you are looking to understand God and to hear his voice, again, you need to turn to the Holy Spirit. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to do the guiding. He shall guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit can also help you to discern whether the voice that you're hearing or the person that you're talking to or the things of life that are coming your way, whether or not it's of God or not. Okay, Holy Spirit is indeed, he is God. He is God. Okay, and then Psalm 1, in closing here. Psalm 1, and just we're going to do, let's see, starting with verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Amen to that? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who do you take advice from? To whom are you listening? Okay, who are you taking counsel from? Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat. Of the scornful. Are you going to go to someone for advice that you know is an ungodly person? Are you going to go and listen to that person and ask them how you should go about doing something or decision that you should make? Verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. In his law does he meditate day and night. Underline that, please. In his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Okay? So in verse number three there, underline, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in due season, in his season. His leaf shall also not wither, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Okay, so if you're meditating on God's word day and night and Jesus is talking about knowing his voice, 
How are you going to know Jesus' voice if you're not meditating on him? You're not meditating on God's word. God's word is indeed Jesus' voice. I mean, it's Holy Spirit. And if Jesus is speaking to you, how are you how are you going to understand what he's saying if you're not meditating on his word day and night? And if you start doing that, then it says that you shall be like number three. Uh, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. One of the things that we as Christians have to understand also if you're praying and consulting God is that everything that you're praying for, your life and where you are in the Lord is going to be in his season. There's a time. There's a time. And if you're really, really committing yourself to God and at the same time committing yourself to God and saying, God, take me where you will. Take me on this journey wherever you want me to go. I will do what you call me to do. I'm committed to you. And you're meditating on his word. You're going to be like a tree planted by the by the waters. Amen. And as for a tree, I mean, what is water? Water is sustenance. Water is life. You see, and this water here, we know that water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. OK, so so that water is there for you to rejuvenate you and to, to bring you into uh, to bring you into season. His leaf shall also not wither, meaning that the things of your life will not wither. You will not just just wind up just, you know, not bearing fruit and just kind of rotting and dying away because you are drinking on the water of the water of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So but that only comes about if you can learn to meditate, meditate day and night, as it says in verse number uh, number two there. Amen. Amen. So as you're meditating on the word of God, you start knowing God's voice. You know, the the, the person, anyone that's close in your life. And all of us that have children have been there at one time or another. You can be in a store someplace and you hear a voice. Say your wife or your husband brings the kid into the store and you're in the next aisle and you hear that voice. You know that's your child's voice. Or you know that's the voice of a loved one, someone that's close to you. Why? Because you've heard that voice. You've heard that voice. You've been around that voice. If you're not around God and you're not meditating on his word, then how do you wind up even knowing his voice? Okay, because his voice, when God is speaking to you, he's not going to say anything to you that's not in line with his words. See, but many times if we're not careful, we wind up listening to and taking advice from voices that that are not of God, that are not of God, instead of putting it into our spirit like we talked about earlier today. Weigh what you're hearing, listening to it. Don't be so. And the last thing you want to do when you've got an issue, you've got a problem or there's something that you need some advice Vice on, do not run to that person that you know is not a godly person. Do not. The last thing you want to do is to go to somebody that's on your job or in the neighborhood or, for that matter, even a family member. I, there's some folks that I wouldn't go to in a heartbeat for advice. Amen. Because I know that the advice that they, that they give me could be tainted or just be wrong because it's not, not driven by Holy Spirit. If you're looking for advice and you're, and, you're, and you're listening to a voice, make sure that the voice that you're hearing is the voice of God. OK, if it's voice of self, you need to really carefully check that also, because many times we will do things and speak and speak to ourselves because it's something that we really want to do and not what God would have us to do. Amen. 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 Who am I listening to? Praise God. Hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.